Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached Word of God in agreement to the Scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. It's the fact that we're able to come here today without fear, without threat. We walked of our own free will into this house of worship and we can stay here as long as we so choose. I'm thankful to be free. We have nothing really to contrast that against because for the most part, freedom is all that we have ever known. But I, just because I don't have a great big backdrop of horror stories to compare, I do not wanna take it for granted that right now, somewhere in the world, it is entirely possible and certainly in the course of this day if it is not happening at this very moment, missionaries are meeting with groups in basements by candlelight. They're whispering their prayers. They're meeting silently for the fear of their own lives. But nevertheless, they risk everything to be in that very um, service. Maybe we wouldn't even refer to it as a service. It would not probably have any of the trimmings that we have uh, so enjoyed and associate even with church itself. I'm gonna take just a few moments. Our praise team can stay on the platform if they would like. I'm going to ask you to join me in Second Chronicles 7 and 14 and you can remain seated if you would like. I'm gonna take just a few moments but I would be remiss not to talk about what this weekend represents. The Bible says in Second Chronicles 7 and 14, very familiar, many of you could quote this, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sin and will heal their land. There is no question, there is no argument as to whether or not who the audience, the target audience of this particular passage of scripture is addressed. It was written to and is addressed to the children of God. It is a message that was not only relevant for the children of Israel, but it is ever more and just as much relevant for you and I today as we sit here in this July 6, 2014 Sunday morning. There will be nothing that returns to a nation, that returns a nation to God, nothing that will return a nation to God without a church being serious about what it is called to do. I don't just say this to say it, but I say it to drive, hopefully, home a point. The church's role and responsibility within a community or a city is not to just be a social club. It is, it is not just a place to marry our young and bury our old. It is not just a place where we gather to fulfill um, 
civil or civic obligations, although, all of, although that is woven into often what we do. It is not just a place of fellowship. It's not just something to do on Sunday, although it is something that we do on Sunday and Wednesday. But the responsibility of the church is to represent God on earth. I know that we kind of cower in, in the presence of a statement so bold, but it is nevertheless our call. God has called us to represent him to the world. And so without spiritual strength, there can and never will be national strength. And so the framework and the makeup of this very nation, regardless of how politically incorrect this may sound today, but the very framework of our nation was founded upon the 66 books that are open before me this day. And in God we trust. In His Word we, in His Word we plan and we march through the everyday toil of our life, His Word, the Word of God. And so the church was built and, and, and desired and our nation, of course, certainly centered around the central truth of the Word of God. And so, and so it is incumbent upon us to realize the value and validity of the church spiritually. We can say all that we want to say that we are concerned for our country, but I can tell you that if we don't get serious about the work of God first, there'll be little to worry about. Amen. The Bible says, Solomon, in the book of Proverbs, chapter 14 and verse number 34, the wisest man on earth penned these words. He said, righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. And so it is righteousness that lifts, but it is sin that destroys. And so the church, where is the church in all of this? I am not suggesting that the church's responsibility is to wear sandwich signs and protest every little thing that comes along. But I do believe that the church has a responsibility to call on the name of the Lord. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sin and watch this finally, finally, and heal their land. And so America will never be what it needs to be if the church isn't what she needs to be. Few would argue that our nation is in trouble. Amen. We are able today, a generation, we are a generation that is able to not only just open the word of God and try to unfold its mysteries, but we're a nation that can open the word of God and open the daily paper and set them side by side and see such great parallels. We're not a nation that is, or a generation that is mystified by the term one world government. We're not a nation that is mystified by how all of that would take place. We're not a nation that is really perplexed by how that system would work or how the mark of the beast, I'm not talking about in detail, but at least in general, how that could very well all play out with just the flip of a switch, the push of a button, so to speak. And so few would argue that our nation is not in trouble. There are staggering statistics that ought to alarm us today, and I'm not here to give all of them, but I, uh, 
am here to tell you that when you consider what's going on in this nation that declares in God we trust, when we think about the abortion, when we think about all the illegal drugs, when we think about alcoholism and dysfunctional families and the list could go on and on and on and on and on and on. It would, it would, uh, it would take us and shake us and rock us. And I, I'm not trying to insult anybody here today, but I'm going to tell you that for the most part, we live in a very isolated world. If we really knew what was going on, you know, we worry about what might be happening in downtown Chicago. And we think sometimes, I wonder what's going on downtown New York City. I wonder what's going on in the alley and the gutters of Los Angeles. But you know what, friend, you may be shaken to find out what's going on in Hatch Bend. You may double lock your doors if you just realize what's going on just around us, what's happening in, in these small little bedroom communities. We may be shocked at what is happening right next door. And so if we are not careful, we can soon forget that, that our responsibility as a church is to pray for this nation. Not just pray for the White House because someone occupies the seat that you agree with, but we are to pray for those that have authority and rule over us. Amen. Not, not those that just we voted for or those that uh, happen to garner our favor, but we need to pray that the God that we worship here today, that God would touch their minds and their hearts. I think it's safe to say for, uh, in, in many senses as a nation, we have walked away from God. And if we're not careful, even the church has gotten comfortable with the freedoms that we have. We take it for granted that we're here. We might as well admit that. It's easy to take for granted that we're here. I mentioned in my opening comments, we have nothing else to compare it to. No one has ever stopped us on the road and said, where are you going? No one has ever required of us permission to ask permission to come to the house of worship. Sadly, if we're not careful, the church has been merged into a society instead of, instead of being really succinct and distinct from the world that we live in. The church ought to march to the beat of a different drum. Amen. The things that are going on in the world ought to stir up some righteous indignation within us, amen. I'm not trying to stir up a riotous spirit, but I'm telling you that what's going on in our world ought to stir us, it ought to trouble us. Not just what's going on in our family, not just maybe something that's sitting on our doorstep, but I'm talking about in a worldview of what's going on around us, God help America, amen. We can't forget the warning that Psalms 9 and 17 gives us it is here the psalmist said, the wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. And so we can't forget God. Amen. The greatest institution for this nation has not been the White House. No, sir. The greatest institution for this nation has been the church. The strength of a nation is found in strong families and those strong families ought to be found in the house of God. There are vital keys that are necessary if the church is to have the influence that we need to have. Now, I realize that we're swimming upstream. I, I fully understand that. Such tomfoolery and such mockery that goes on under the umbrella of Christendom, sometimes it's, it's enough to make us ashamed, isn't it? It certainly ought to be enough to make us ashamed. And so I realize that we are in an upstream battle, but I would say nevertheless 
that we have got to stand. And the world needs to be able to point their finger at someone and say, well, they're not all crazy. And they're not all hypocrites. I have met some very sincere people. I know that they love their God and they're dedicated to their cause. And they don't just live it on Sunday and they don't just talk it on Wednesday, but you can find them anywhere, any place and not be ashamed because they are going to be living the life, walking the walk and talking the talk. Amen. So we must realize our responsibility. The church needs to be a place of prayer. That's why Jesus said in Matthew 21 and 13, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it into a den, made it a den of thieves. And so I say, Lord, don't ever let this be a den of thieves, but let this be a house of prayer. Don't let this be a house where prayer is an oddity. Don't let this be a, a place where prayer seems to be something that is, uh, that is on the outside looking in. But let this be a place. Let this be a place where people can feel the power and the presence of the God that we serve. I don't say this uh, any outside the realm of humility at all. Very humbly I say that my heart is touched when people have told us, me and you again repeatedly, that, that when they drove up, they felt the presence of the Lord. When I walked across the, the, the lawn of the church, I felt the presence of the Lord. When I, when I opened the door and walked into the foyer, I felt the presence of the Lord. When I stepped inside, I felt the presence of the Lord. I'm telling you, that is the greatest compliment. I'm thankful for all the time and the effort and the energy and the talent that people in leadership of our church put in to what we're doing. I'm thankful for dedicated Sunday school teachers and children's and youth ministries and I'm thankful for all of the things that go on, not to try to name them one by one. Thankful for our praise team and our singers and musicians. I'm thankful for all of that and I'm glad that, that they are complimented as well but I'm going to tell you if they were the only ones being complimented and nobody felt the presence of God, hear me, we would be in trouble. He, we would be in trouble. Amen. Our, this ought to be the house of prayer. This ought to be the house of prayer. And if for whatever reason we blow the sin, and if for whatever reason we just, we just somehow trash the praise and worship, if somehow the presence of the Lord can minister, then friend, it has not been a day lost. If for whatever reason a Sunday school teacher has the worst day they have ever had and their plans seem to fall through the cracks, but those children felt the presence of an almighty God that can touch, change, and challenge their life, then, friend, we have not failed, but we have won. We can pray for revival in America, but if the revival does not begin in the church, then there is no hope, little hope, if no hope for our nation. And so I say, Lord, let there be a fire that's built within the walls of this church that can be felt long after we walk out of here. I say it a lot of times when we're dismissing others that, that close our service, say it a lot of times, don't let what has happened here today just be so frivolously handled that in just 10 
minutes or 15 minutes or 20 minutes after it's all said and done. We're just carnal and earthly and fleshly. But wear, wear this. Take it home in your garment and let somebody else experience what we have experienced. Hallelujah. Even if they have to experience it from a distance. Pardon the analogy. But there are certain restaurants around here that if people go there and eat and you meet them later, you smell it in their garment. <laughs> and, then you, and you know what I'm talking about. And so I say, Lord, let it be when we leave that somebody can smell, smell that myrrh. Let them smell that calamus. Let them smell that sweet cinnamon. Ha! Oh, let them smell the fragrance of the anointing of God. There, there go a people. There go a man and a woman. They didn't just show up to church to be counted. They didn't just show up to show up. They didn't just show up to be seen and heard of men. But I sense they've been in the presence of God. I sense they've been in the presence of an almighty God. Oh, let that be. How will our nation be changed if the church is not changed? How will our nation feel conviction about sin if the church is not convicted of sin? I'm going to tell you that if we can just live like hell all week long and come to church and go through the motions and just walk out and feel as though everything is okay, then hear me, sinners have no, no, no reason to change the direction that they are walking in but what they need is somebody that is sold out and dedicated and I'm not going there and I'm not watching that and I'm not reading that and I'm not listening to that and I'm not saying that I'm not living there I'm not going there because I'm in love with him because I'm in love with him I'm in love with him when somebody asks you why you're living the way you're living, please, for God in heaven's sake, don't say because my pastor said. What a weak argument. Well, that's what our church teaches. God in heaven, figure out why the church teaches that. Amen. And so we cannot be more concerned with our careers, and that's important and our lifestyles, and that's important, and our comforts, and all those weigh in. I'm not being ridiculous, but we can't be more concerned with that than we are the kingdom of God. I don't want anything to come between me and the Lord. Amen. We sing the song around here from time to time, falling in love with Jesus. It's the best thing I've ever done, falling in love. There's a difference in loving something and being in love with something. You, you can love something out of obligation. But you won't be in love with something. And I want to be in love. When you're in love, your heart flutters every now and then. Amen. When you're in love, your eyes light up every now and then. I'm not preaching a funeral now. Am I? I mean, something happens. Amen. <laughs> something happens when you really are in love. Sister Amanda Gibson's grandmother is Sister McNatt, Sister Mary McNatt. Sister McNatt, is, she's kind of like um, 
some writers in the Bible like John, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. Not a lot of commentary needed in 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. Not a lot of commentary needed when you're talking to Sister Mary McNatt. She's got something to say. You just better buckle in. <laughs> and she's not rude and unkind, but, uh, but you're not going to walk away and just think, I wonder what she was trying to say. <laughs> she, I heard her say this years ago. I've borrowed it and used it a hundred times. She said one time that a young person in their church come to her and said, I'm in love. He said, well, what makes you think you're in love? He said, I see stars. <laughs> she said, you can get that same sensation when a mule kicks you. <laughs> it may, may not be love. may not be love at all. I have been kicked by a mule or donkey. And I have seen stars. I've experienced both. But I want to be in love. And so if you're bored with church, hear me. I beg you, don't blame the church. Without first taking a real hard look at self. Maybe, maybe the rest of your life is just so jaded by the things of this world that church has somehow just been trivialized and minimalized to if we have time, if we get around, if, 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 if. But Romans 12 and 1, and I close, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. God, God calls sacrifice reasonable. And so I'm going to preach this as long as God will give me breath. <laughs> Amen. I'm going, to, I'm going to say as long as God will give me the breath to say it, that when the doors are open, we ought to be here. Amen. I want to make every effort I can. I want to make every effort that I can. I realize there are real life things that happen that prevent us from doing that. That's not what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about just letting little pebbles and cobblestones get in the way, things that we got to deal with. Amen, uh, you've heard it said many, many times, but every now and then the ox gets in the ditch and that's true, that things just happen and we can't do it. But uh, I, I, I'm referring a lot to my past. I don't know why, I don't know why that, but I grew up here and preachers say, if the, but if the ox keeps falling in the ditch, you better shoot it, get another ox. Amen, amen. Realize there are times in our lives we, we, they get encumbered by other cares and things, but but, but that ought to be the exception and not the rule, and I think you know that. And so spiritual sacrifices, spiritual sacrifices, our time, our talent, our treasure, and the list goes on and on and on. We're called to be a spiritual house. The church should be lively. I'm going to tell you that no matter what happens, I stand by this. I'm going to stand by this. I hope, that it, I hope if I get weak in this area, somebody will come along beside me and help me stand by this. I believe that when you leave church, you ought to feel better than you were when you got there. I don't care how I don't care how straight the preaching was, whoever's doing the preaching. I don't care how straight the preaching was, how close it gets to where I'm living. I want I want there to be something in the overtone of all that correction and instruction that lifts and guides and undergirds and, and edifies the body. That's what preaching's all about. 
And so I hope every song is that that's uplifting. I don't want you to come here and hear people stand and say about the devil, how long the devil's been on their back all day, blah, 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 yah, yah, yah. Amen. I don't want you to hear all that. I want us to come. I'm not in denial. Amen. But we, are, we all face enough hell wherever we go, day in and day out. We face enough of that fire and torment day in and day out. Let the house of God be a place that we come. Woo! We lift our hands. We cast our cares on him. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Not in denial. Brother, no, not in denial. I know that we are going to walk out of this building and we're going to face and go right back home to some of the very ills and the hurt and the torment that we walked away from just to get here. But aren't you thankful for this season of reprieve? Church, 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 church. What a great place to be. And so we must be people of prayer and people of sacrifice and, and we must be righteous before this world. I will say this, if we are no different than the world, they have no reason to change. If we have nothing more to offer than what they have to offer, we have, we, they have no reason to turn and walk away. But I say, Lord, help us to realize the word of God that teaches us that if we'll seek him first and his righteousness first, that he'll add everything else to us that we need. I'm thankful today to be in the church thankful to be a part of the church and I ask the Lord to touch us and strengthen us and help us to realize that our responsibility far exceeds just showing up playing the part but he said if my people which are called by my name if they will humble themselves and we can just push away everything else and get to an altar and intercede because you have no idea I have no idea Sometimes just what that prompting at 2 a.m. may be. That prompting may be for somebody a part of our church family. But you know what? The chances are just as likely that prompting at 2 a.m. to kneel down and pray may be for a missionary on the other side of the globe. Amen. (laughs) Furthermore, let's take this outside of the realm of the church. That prompting that we felt in our heart may be a prayer of intercession for our government and our leaders that God would touch them and strengthen them. I know we all know what we would do if we were in Tallahassee. Know what we say we'd do if we were in Washington. But I have a strong inclination that your mind would change between here and there. Because the closer you get to that monumental task, you realize it's not just as easy as it may appear. And so we need God to guide them. Let's stand and let the church be the church. Let's sing this song as we close. In Jesus' name. I love you. I love you. I love you, Lord, today. Because you care for me in such a special way. And now I thank you I lift you up and I magnify your name. That's why my heart is filled with praise. I love you. I love you. I love you more today because you care for me in such a special way and now I thank you 
I lift you up and I magnify your name. That's why my heart is filled with praise. I love you, I love you more today because you care for me in such a special way. Oh, and now I praise you, I lift you up and I magnify your name. That's why my heart is filled with praise. I lift you up and I magnify your name. That's why my heart is filled with praise. I'm glad today to be a part of this church, a part of this nation. And my prayer is that God will touch you and bless you abundantly. Thank you, Brother Rayleigh, Wednesday night for filling in in our stead. Sister Boyd and I felt torn about missing our service, but we felt it important to attend the funeral of a dear friend who just so, so suddenly lost her life. And so we pray for the Sheena Hudspeth family, for Rodney and their children, although they're grown. Let's pray that God would touch them. Their 48-year-old mother was taken almost without warning. So let's just ask God to touch them and their family and that they will be strengthened daily. I want to ask you to pray for our ministries today, that our outreach ministries as they go, every team in their respective direction, that God will bless their efforts. I have a great report. In the last few weeks, Sister Baggett in Swanee County Jail has baptized six young ladies, six ladies. Our team at the Lafette County Jail, uh, I think last Sunday or Sunday before, baptized four. And next Sunday, that's all right, hang on right here, we'll do it next Sunday. And next Sunday at Swanee Correctional, our team is scheduled to baptize 10 men. Amen. So let's pray that God will touch them, strengthen them. Amen. Amen. And so I appreciate these men and women that are going. They're going to those who cannot come to us. And we're touching their lives and we're planting a seed and it may be a seed that we never even see bloom this side of eternity. But we're casting our bread on the water. Amen. It's good to see the Hall family with us today. We appreciate them being here. All of them being here today. And uh, they are in transition, but we're thankful that God has pointed them in this direction. Happy to have uh, the the uh, Sim family with us today, Sonia and Jeff. We're glad that they're with us. We're thankful that you're here today. May the Lord bless you. I trust that His hand will be upon the re remainder of your day and weekend. I love you with all of my heart and thank you for being here. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, 
please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806, or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening, and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.